Chapter 2 of Innocencia, A Story of the Prairie Regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Piotr Natter. Innocencia, A Story of the Prairie Regions of Brazil, by the Viscount of Taunay. Translated by James William Wells. The Traveller. The 15th of July, 1860, as is usually the case in winter in the interior of Brazil, was a day clear, serene, and fresh. The sun, already high on its course, and with rays not very warm for intertropical regions, shone brightly upon the road, whose aspect we have endeavoured to depict as the one leading from the town of Santa Ana do Paranaíba to Camapuan. At this hour, and following that road, a traveller was seen mounted on a strongly built, pacing, flea-bitten brown mule. His physiognomy and mode of costume denoted a man of ordinary and commonplace life, such as some fagendeiro or farmer of the neighbourhood returning to his home. His visible raiment comprised a broad-brimmed chilly hat encircled with a black ribbon, and a poncho of varied colours which reached to his strong well-made riding-boots of yellow leather at the most he appeared to be only five-and-twenty with a pleasing presence and an air of intelligence and decision his features were fairly regular eyes clear open and black and beard and hair dark and closely trimmed in his hand he grasped a long switch lately cut from the roadside and which he distractedly waved in the air, or with it swept aside the boughs which overhung the road. He travelled alone, and on the occasion on which we commence this story, he was passing along that beautiful piece of the road which lies between the house of Albinalata and that of Leal, and is twenty-eight good miles beyond the fever-stricken and decadent town of Santa Ana de Paranaíba. This portion of the road, shaded by the trees of the sightly Cerrado, although very sandy, is firm, and resembles a path in a well-kept garden rather than the track of mules and wagons. The charm of the verdant shades is here further augmented by the presence of innumerable brown and grey doves, whose incessant flutter of wings produces a sound pleasing as it is regular. Our traveller, although he seemed distracted in attention and half immersed in his thoughts did not appear withal to be of a morose nature or unobservant on the contrary for at times he would suddenly awaken from an apparent torpor and commence to sing aloud to whistle or else to apply spurs to his valiant beast which promptly increased its paces its long ears waving and beating time to its steps in one of those reactions against some preoccupation he observed aloud as he pulled out a silver watch attached to a chain of the same metal two hours hence i intend to take a siesta under the roof of leal it wants little to midday and there is no need to hurry he accordingly moderated the pace of the mule and gaping furiously with ennui amused himself by absently switching at the passing bushes a short time only he thus proceeded on his way alone for soon afterwards another traveller joined him, one mounted on an ugly and knock-kneed but very strong little horse, bathed in a sweat from a fast gallop. The new arrival, a man already advanced in years, was stout in figure, and with a face full, round, rubicund, and jovial in expression. He wore the leather hat, the striped cotton garments, 
and wide riding boots of a native of Minas, and appeared, as he eventually proved, to be an inhabitant of the neighbourhood. "'Hello there, fellow-countryman!' he exclaimed, as he moderated the pace of his animal to that of the person he interrogated. "'Hello! Are you going to Camapuan?' The other looked somewhat suspiciously at the stranger who addressed him so peremptorily, and he replied evasively, "'Perhaps yes, perhaps no, but who is it who inquires my purpose?' "'Ah, excuse me!' replied the former laughingly i did not even greet you i am such a heedless fellow god be with you there this always happens to me my tongue sometimes gets so crazy that it clatters in my jaws that is god help us and however i need not tell you water runs and so does my tongue look you many times i have got into trouble but what would you it's an old bad habit not that i am a ruffianly fellow you know heaven defend me from being such i repel the idea but a tingling heedless fellow yes a very rattle-trap as soon as i sighted you i just itched all over to talk the volubility with which these words were uttered somewhat startled the young man who now scrutinized his companion with more attention but with less reserve in his manner then as he noted the merry physiognomy and good-tempered look of the talkative stranger he could not repress a sympathetic smile as he laughingly observed by what i see the senor evidently loves a chat oh don't i replied the other why in these certos i only feel the want of one thing and that is the difficulty of meeting a christian with whom i can have a bit of gossip ah yes indeed one gets crazy here everyone you meet has nothing to say for himself truly a great misfortune i am not one of these people here i am a mineiro i was born in paranaibuna and i knew in my time people who could talk and i was brought up in matadurio as a human being and not as a bicho of the woods ah the senor is from minas jerez if you please i was baptized at vasuras it is true but i am a mineiro to the core i knocked about all over the country before i settled in this region that is already long ago but i am now getting old it is more than forty years since i left my parents interrupting himself a moment he inquired is the senor from minas also nor now replied the other note this is a corruption of now senor no sir and is an idiom peculiar to the interior provinces of brazil End of translator's note I am a native of São Paulo. I was born in the town of Casa Branca, but I was educated at Ouro Preto. Ah, in the imperial city. Precisely. Then you are nearly from my old home, replied the Mineiro, laughing boisterously. Now, who would have thought it? Yet I hastened my march when I saw your fresh tracks in the sand. There goes, I said to myself, some chap who is not in a hurry, and whipping up my little penknife, I tried to catch you up, so that I might not make the journey talking only to my buttons. Do you think I did any harm? Now, senor, the young man protested with affability, I am much obliged to you for your attention. In this way we shall without fatigue reach the house of Leal, where I intend to repose my bones for the night. Oh, exclaimed the other frankly, our road is the same. Look you, my rich senor, I live two miles away from Leal, turning off to the left, and if you are not engaged to the men, do me the favor to put up under the roof of one who, if poor, is a friend to serve you. 
My quarters are somewhat retired from the road, but he who goes mounted like the Señor thinks nothing of a bit of a league more of his journey. An invitation so spontaneous and friendly could not be otherwise than appreciated, especially in those regions, and soon produced between the two travellers the familiarity that one so quickly establishes when en route. With much pleasure I will accompany you home, replied the young man. I have never seen Leal, and moreover this is the first time that I have travelled in this Sartan, where it seems one has to go from resting-place to resting-place, begging only for a corner in a barn or ranch to pass the night with one's attendants. Then bring you a troop? No, only two cargo animals which carry my baggage and a spare mule. Oh, my friend travels like a nobleman, the Mineiro leisurely observed. Bah, privations enough I have already experienced. Well, certainly you won't experience them in our shanty as long as you care to remain there. You won't find luxuries, it is true, nor any belongings of wealth, only such as, at the best, you can obtain in these worlds, regions, as four walls of upright sticks, but poorly plastered over, a trestle canvas bed, good beans in abundance, some chopped herbs, rice, good roasted maize, coffee, and even possibly a loin of fresh pork. Now look you, exclaimed the young man, laughing heartily, I shall fare as well as a quartermaster general. I want not so much, enough for me. What I wish above all, interrupted his companion, is that you will just speak straight out. If you like not your stay, say so frankly, and go away at once. In my ranch I can but put up a few people, and as it is situated some distance away from the main road, you may perhaps want for something. In any case, I will do the best I can. After a short pause, he continued, but I think it is already time, now that we are as two friends from the occasion of our meeting, to know with whom we are treating. I, so far as I am concerned, am called Martinho dos Santos Pereira, and my history I can tell in two wisps of straw. Your title, what is it? Silino Ferreira de Campos, replied the other traveller, a servant to serve you. Thank you, replied Pereira, courteously bowing, and raising his hand to his hat. As I have just observed, my history is soon told. My people are not of an ignoble race. On the contrary, my father, whom God gave to glory, possessed some property, and left to his many children an honourable and respected name. Each one of us, we were seven brothers, went his own way. I married very young, and went to live in Diamantina, where I opened a store. After my wife died, I removed first to Piumi, and later on to Uberaba. I then began to be disheartened with life, and calculated that, as I was so far away in the backwoods, I might just as well be in the Sertão. I therefore sold my hardware business, and buried myself here with three slaves. I have lived twelve years in this hole, and really, and on my word of honour, I have not repented doing so. In my little fazenda there is abundance, and praise and glory I have never wanted for necessaries. Not for this can I complain. Deus, nosso Señor Jesus Cristo, has watched over me, and I consider myself well protected, especially when I think of the great misery there is in other regions. Cruz, it is not even good to talk about. Tell me one thing, however, where are you bound for? Really, Señor Pereira, I have no certain destination. Truly? Then you are aimlessly wandering about. I will place everything before you on clean plates. 
I am travelling about these distant regions curing eggs and severe fevers. Ah, exclaimed Pereira with manifest satisfaction, then you are a doctor, eh? Physicians, as we used to call them in bygone times. It is the truth, confirmed Selina with some vanity. Look you now, best of all, the sop has fallen in the honey. How? You will soon know. But tell me, where did you read in the books and learn your charms and witchcraft? In the court of the empire? No, replied Serino. I studied at first in the college of Carassa. Afterwards I went to Ourupretu, where I obtained my diploma of pharmaceutist. And, he added with some complacency, since then I have wandered all over the west of Minas and made cures that are marvellous. Ah, knowledge is a good thing. I have also a smattering of something more than mere reading and writing, although I only do that so-so. But whoever is born to be a carrier just turns, messes about, lets go, takes up, but ever ends close to the wagon. Withal, then, you understand how to cure? I do, affirmed Serena, without the least hesitation. Well, you tumbled most happily into my hands, Sim Senor. A child of mine is ill with the chills, my daughter, for whose sake I have been to St. Anna to fetch some quinine. But there they had none of the cursed stuff, and I was returning very sad now. I bring, interrupted the other, an abundance of remedies in my trunks. For fever and ache I have an infallible composition. Yes, I know, something with quinine in it. It is a holy medicine. I gave to the little one some I made from the quina of the campos, but that had but little force and no effect. So little, indeed, that she still has the egg. How many days is it since she had the last attack of cold rigors? inquired the so-called doctor. Today is the tenth day. Until now she was a lusty girl, healthy and rosy as a jumbo. I can't imagine how she caught the chills. No one can rely upon that town of Santana. It is a nest of fevers. Much against my will I took her there, but she bothered me so, and as it was to see her godmother, a very good woman and of much importance, the wife of Major Melotakes, I consented. Do you know him? Certainly I do. And are you intimate with the major? asked Pereira, with the view of opening a new field of chatter. I stayed with him when I was in the town. And don't you like him? Is he not just what you may call an upright man? Why, he is the chief prop of all the work in Santana. He is the tattoo of the place. Note. The person of the most consideration. End of note. When he wants to get up a good old gossip according to his taste, he sends out to fetch the padre, and then these two soon arrange a conversation that just gives even me a surfeit. And you know he is a man of letters and much learning. He writes to the government. He is a justice of the peace and a full major serves as the municipal judge and is worthy of much esteem he lives in a storied house and has a store of all sorts of goods and the things are cheap considering the distance and ah what stories can't he tell eh he never finishes the man seems to know the whole of the empire the vicar is nowhere look you senor serino i will tell you something which perhaps you will think extraordinary Sometimes I skip up to the town just to say a word or two with the major, because with the people about here, why, bless you, you can do nothing. It is tempting providence, it is. Then, as I was telling you, I galloped up to there and got into such a conversation that it just filled me up to the brim. There is not... 
Excuse me interrupting you a moment, interrupted Serino, but tell me, Senor Pereira, can I do any business about here? Man, it depends. Sick people there are in abundance, but they are also as mean as only they know how to be. Some distance from my house there is Coelho, who is dying and has been dying these many years, and he is a man with plenty of coin. If you cure him, perhaps you will come in for some of his coppers. All the rest is more or less a rude mob of people. By the by, have you plenty of the keening of commerce? I have, responded Serino, but it is dear. That it is dear, I know well, but that you have it is enough, because here in these regions, egg is everywhere. Senor Pereira then commenced to enumerate the ills that had attacked him during his life. A few only, it is true, but they were serious, and with this theme at his disposal he found sufficient to talk about until he was nearly exhausted for want of breath. His companion was silent and listened with the inattention of one preoccupied with thought, or, in any case, quite heedless to all that his new friend related, awakening only from his apathy to instigate with his voice, or to spur on, the movements of his mule whenever that animal seemed inclined to pause for a rest, or to seize a mouthful of some wayside grass. Pereira at last noticed the inattention of his companion. "'You are in a sad kind of mood,' said he. "'Have you left any of your belongings behind you?' "'Man, to be frank with you,' replied Serino, giving vent to a sigh, "'I have left something, and this something is a debt, a debt of honour, cards.' "'That is bad,' replied the Mineiro seriously. "'That demonio and women are the cause why so many crosses grow by the roadside. But is it a big sum? Three hundred mil reis, thirty pounds about.' "'That is a lump, truly. Who did you play with?' with Toto Siqueira of Santana. He wanted to stop my departure, but I promised to send him the amount from Sucuriu by my servant. I gave him a note to that effect, and just now I am thinking how I shall obtain the money even when I get there. If those who owe you pay you, you are all right. In any case, put the screw on to the sick ones a little. You cannot imagine, replied Serena with true feeling, how miserable this wretched debt has made me. It is not for the sake of the money, that does not trouble me, but it is because I have been gambling, a thing I never did before in all my life, and that is the truth. Therefore, meu senor, proceeded Pereira, let this serve as a lesson, and take a word of caution. Beware of these people of the Sertão. Not exactly of those who live in decent homes, you know, but rather of casual strangers, muleteers, carriers, and such like, for they are more often than not on the gangs of gamblers, armed with marked cards and all kinds of shuffling tricks, and for a mere straw they will stick a knife into the stomach of a Christian, or let fly the contents of a pistol at the head of a companion as if it were only a rotten melon. Besides, when the demon of play seizes hold of one, he takes up his abode in him, and straightway shuts out all feeling of shame. For the attraction of women there is perhaps some excuse, but once you are enticed into play and lotteries, the sooner you move on, the better. I once had an uncle who lived in Corredor, about eight miles this side of Camapuan, and who worked on his lands the whole year round just to go to Sucuriu and play until he lost his last copper. Pereira, in possession of so wide a subject, related stories innumerable, some were lugubrious in their incidents, 
others jocular, some were true, and others were invented for this occasion. Meanwhile, as the two men had now covered several miles of their journey, the sun had already approached the horizon, and from the west arrived the first wafts of the evening breeze. We, observed the Mineiro, with our conversation, have allowed the animals to crawl along, but we are already at my road. Here it is, Senor Sirino. That one ahead leads on to Leal. My fazenda lands commence at this point, and skirting the road, extend thence to far away in the distance. On saying these words, he left the main road on his right, and followed a wide open road, which, with many turns and windings, led towards a limpid stream. The animals, hearing the murmur of running water, at once quickened their paces, and soon afterwards, on reaching the brook, they plunged in breast high, quenching their thirst as they advanced step by step against the current in search of the clearest water. Don't let your beast overload himself, observed Pereira. Upla, he continued as he pulled the reins of his horse and gave him a friendly pat on his extended neck. Upla, my penknife, let us rather go and fill up the emptiness with good corn. On the further side of the stream, a narrow path led through some woods thick with undergrowth, and then afterwards joined a broad road, where the travellers put their animals to a half-gallop. Finally, with the sun already low, there appeared in sight, above the outline of the darkening trees of a thick wood, the peak of a mast of St. John, which the Mineiro saluted merrily as the neighbourhood of his cherished home. Before, however, we penetrate therein, let us say who was that youth who thus travelled with the pompous title of doctor, and, what is more, was armed with authority to go where he pleased, to apply remedies and assure miraculous cures. End of chapter 2